The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. UFC unfiltered today. Matt's a bit cranky. <laughs> That's unusual, right? Uh, well, it's a little unusual, yeah, but it was still fun to listen to because I didn't have to do much but listen to Matt be cranky and I enjoyed every single <laughs> minute of it. Boyd Elson calls in from Brazil. Love him. And Chris Hansen from To Catch a Predator comes in to promote Crime Watch Daily with Chris Hansen. He's a fascinating guy doing a public good, getting a lot of these creepers put in jail. Oh, yeah, and we say f- UFC and Digital Media present UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Serra, powered by Digital Media. Find your voice. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Serra. You still hear that during the intro? No. Can you hear that during the intro? Matt and I want to know. Could you? Matt was clearing his throat. I think it'll be cut out, probably. Okay, Matt was clearing his throat. I know. And, um, I-, and I was singing loudly. So we hope you didn't catch that. We apologize if you did. How is it? How's the how's the energy now? I feel great. I feel good too. I was a little tense before about stuff that's happening with uh, yeah, you... stand up issues, but not with you. I mean, just... No, of course not with me. No, we were yeah. always good. But I, I I could I could sense when you're a little tense. And but when I hear you argue, not arguing, yelling, or not yelling, but laying down the law with your uh, agent or whoever you're talking to on the phone. My manager, I don't want yeah. to. I don't listen. No, it's my manager. Yeah. I don't want to put nobody on blast, but. Uh, I'll tell you, there's the, there's funny Jimmy and there's getting to, hey, listen, let's get this shit correct, Jimmy. And I'll tell you, I don't get intimidated often, and it didn't happen today either, but let me tell you something. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Holy shit. No, but I like Jimmy. That, that's a problem you want to have, though. You're fucking busy. You're a busy guy. Yeah, it's, a, you know, it's like part of what we do is so much fun. We get we talk on this podcast. We goof off. Get to hang out with Chris Weidman for nine minutes. Like, you get paid was, for that. That was fun, though. That you get was, paid I, to hang I, out with I, Chris oh, Weidman. Oh, yeah. And it's a fun job, and stand-up's a wonderful job, and you love teaching jujitsu. Love it. But there's business sides to it, too. And oh, for me, there's just something with my stand-up schedule with shooting this special that um, we may be rescheduling for logistic yeah. reasons, and I'll explain it all if it happens. But it's just been frustrating. I've been talking to my manager about uh, possibly doing it a month later. Uh, for you know, we, Again, we don't know. So it's just you know, kind of getting the ball rolling so we can... If we need to do that, we do it. Yeah. People were complaining about the cyborg interview too. They were saying they couldn't understand it. Like, yeah, we understand that that's going to happen from time to time. It's hard to understand sometimes a Russian fighter, a Brazilian fighter. Yeah. But it's you know it's cyborg and it's a UFC podcast. We wanted yeah. to talk to her. Right? And and she was very talkative. She was, she was awesome. Was, very nice person. She was, oh, well, and you got to see a side of her. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't listen, watch too many interviews with her. But I got to see a very nice, sweet side of her. She seemed very nice, and you know, you see her in the. 
it's one of those things where you, you you see them fight and you have a certain you know thinking they're a certain way and then and meanwhile she's a sweetheart yeah like you know because in there she's a freaking animal She's very, very aggressive. Yeah. Oh, very aggressive. <laughs> Hard hitter. When I say animal, I mean, listen, we're talking about fighting in a cage, so I well, yeah, mean, yeah, I mean that as a compliment. Yeah. But uh, speaking of fighting, holy shit, Jimmy, I'm not, I'm not going to vent on air about fucking, you know, my relationships and stuff with my wife. I, I'm, I'm, I had a rough morning this morning, man. You did. You look I'm, a little frazzled. I'm fucking brawling with my wife, and I love my wife to death. Sure. I just, it's just marriage, man. People who love each other brawl. It's just fucking rough, man. Things get things get crazy, man. And uh, you know, I'm 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 from fucking holy shit, man. It felt good to jump on that train this morning. Now, are you <laughs> are fucking, you a yeller in uh, a fight? No, I'm dude. I'm actually not. You know, and I'm, I don't want to blow up my 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 wife's so sweet. No, you know, and, and if anybody's seen her, they'd never think she raises a voice. But you know, <laughs> listen, marriage is. You see, the thing is this: in marriage, you see certain sides of of people. Like, and and that, and that goes for her with me too. Like. You know, you're saying everybody loves me, and you know, we're talking the other day, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the nice guy, but you know, it doesn't mean I'm not leaving my socks on the floor. Sure, that's why <laughs> we love that you. Fucking means you pick your socks up, we stop know, loving you. I don't know. Listen, it's just it could fucking get you, and then you got your kids, and you don't want your kids hearing any fighting. And Let me just ask you, who do you think you were at fault? Did she? 110 percent no. But see, it's okay. one of those things. Like, look, it, it's it's a weird thing, man. Like, I mean, it, all right, now. How, how it, it's it's weird because it's, it's one of those things where I like to use this show as therapy. Sure, I understand. But my therapy's got a big microphone. You sure. know what I mean? Reach a lot of people, so I never want to make my wife look in a bad light. You know? Every married person, every understands married fifty fifty. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's a situation, but in this situation, I hundred percent know. I okay. don't I don't feel bad, man. Like I mean, we're we're moving. I told you we're moving, so I had to put some stuff out. Fucking uh, so 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 I had to put like my um, uh, I had to go to my old house, and I had to, there's a lot of stuff we're giving to the poor to the uh. Like a lot of toys, a lot of like like a, a, a appliances, whatever cool. else. Give it to. I don't should know, sell them I, to the poor. Yeah, yeah. Not, sell it to them, right? <laughs> dance for that. Dance for that blender. No, I don't know. But anyway, um, so we're giving a lot, a lot. I'm talking about a lot of shit. You know, what I'm saying. So I don't know. We're giving it to the vets or do this. I don't know. Some a charity. I don't know who it was. But anyway, so everything's in bags. So I went over there at seven in the morning. And by the way, that's seven in the morning. I was hoping to get some action. You know what I mean? Sure. And that didn't. And that didn't happen. But listen, that, that's that's you know. Private husband and wife stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Chris is looking like we got to call Roy. No, we're getting Roy Nelson on the phone too. Which first is time ever. I really love. I can't Roy. wait. To, I love Roy too. All right, getting back to my marital uh, problems. Um, so no, no. Listen, I, I'm just in a brawl right now. So anyway, I went over there and I went to put that stuff out for the the, the poor. And I saw a high chair. Now my house is cleared out. Cleared out. My youngest kid is three. She's not using that high chair no more. It's a, just a fucking high chair. It's in the middle of all this mess. So I, uh, I'm, so I texted her and in the morning. I go, uh, and I'm at the other house, and she's getting the kids ready. I go, I, is that going to the poor, the, the, the high chair? No, it's not. It's not going to the poor. So all right, so I put it outside with the garbage. Because fuck, man, like... We're clearing out the place. You misunderstood. You thought that she. You thought she was saying I, get rid of it. Well, I. I guess it was. A, it was a pretty. You know, it was a short text. You know, no, it's not going to the poor. But no, don't keep. No, keep it. This and that. I'm thinking we got everything out of there anyway. It's only like a lot of like bags for the fucking poor. Uh, and then you know those little things here and there. But this fucking high chairs in the middle of all this mess. What do I? How, what the fuck do I know? That's right. So I fucking threw the thing, uh, I put the thing by the curb, so I get home, and it's one of those things, well, yeah, you know, and I did this, and oh, yeah, you didn't want that, I put that to the, you know, I got one of those, are you serious? I'm like, what, 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 what serious about what? Are you, are you serious? You put that out to the Baragush, and, and then you see where it escalates from there. So my biggest thing is, it was a mistake on my part, and, uh, 
it was one of those things where she goes, it's not so much now. So we got into a big brawl over that, but it wasn't even. The best is we go back to the house after I drop the kids off. We drop the kids off. And uh, it, it's still there. So she gets it. And that's when they come to get the stuff for the uh, the poor. So then she asked the guy, and we got into a brawl over this. Oh, do you take high chairs? Okay, here you go. So she gave the high chair away anyway. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's not, I mean, what the fuck? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not. So we're brawling. It's okay to score my fucking children. We're fighting and this and that. Oh, fuck. I mean, I, don't, I mean, really? Is it worth a fucking brawl? Is it a worth? Uh, first of all, if I ate the money on that fucking high chair, is that worth a fucking brawl? Is no. it worth a brawl? No. To me, I'm sorry, Jimmy. No, I'm, I'm going to give you two seconds. No, take your because, time. Because listen, Love for it. me, it's like, Jimmy loves it because he's fucking single, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> listen, uh, for me, it's like, she she thinks I'm cocky because I get like, she when she did tell me that, I was not I was like, oh, you know, I, I, I could have swore I said sorry, but it was a mistake. But then right away, I'm not going to let that ruin my day. I'm not going to, because I don't like negativity. All right. So I'm like, ah, you know, what a, screw it. What are you going to do? You know, like, all right, kids, what do we got today? Gym class? You know, I'm talking to them. Uh, you know, then she doesn't let it go. So it's like, it's like one of those things, like, what do you want me to do? Ruin my whole day over a fucking high chair? Really? Like, my, my, we're not using it anymore. What the fuck? Like, I, like, you know what? I'll take the hit. I'll take the fucking hit. Uh, you know what? If it's, how much does it cost? I'll take the fucking hit. Big deal. I mean, I made a mistake. It's not like I go, oh, you know what? Oh, we're arguing. Fuck you. I'm going to throw away something. You're like, it was an accident, man. And listen. Maybe she was having a rough one. I don't know, but it's more of the. It's not that that the fact of that. It's more of that. I that it's me. I'm cocky. I'm fucking, you're cocky. You're, you're so cocky. I'm like, why am I cocky? Because I'm not crying over a fucking high chair. So the high chair is what brought. Fuck the high chair. It wasn't the high chair. It was never the high. Hey, was that? A, it was, it was that really about a parking spot? No, it wasn't about a parking spot. What's that? Bronx from? tale. Oh fuck yeah. Oh fuck yeah. See. Oh, you, oh, Jimmy! Now, Jimmy does an advice show, you know, Chris. Maybe she was a little show. resentful of your cockiness, and this was, or what she perceived as your cockiness, and all of a sudden this happens, and she's like, "Here it is again." It's not so much the high chance. She said that. Not it's not so chair. much no. the high chance. It's more of my reaction that I'm not. But yeah, but but what do you want me to do? You want me to to, to be like, oh, it's it, it's okay if you play devil's advocate. I like that. That's no, I good. think it's them. It's when when people feel like we're dismissing what's important to them. Yeah, but, they misinterpret that as being cocky. Well, that's why it's even funnier when we go there. And she's like, "Oh, do you guys also take high chairs?" I go, "What? Don't get me wrong. I mean, everything for the poor, but you're telling me, oh, it's a five hundred dollar this and that, and and you just give it. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're doing the right thing. You got a heart of gold, but we have to ruin my fucking day. Now it's the second. Now it's two days in a row." We don't normally go to bed angry, and I hope for the makeup sex because I've been married a long time, and I like that. I like that when we're fighting, and next thing you know, we're fucking grabbing each other by the neck. It's it's that's a good thing when you're married, sure, make it <laughs> you know. So this might actually end up great for me, if if we. But you got to just like anything else, Jimmy. It's like a tough round. It's like that third round of my fucking Parisian fight. I have to weather this shit and get through it, man. Hopefully, if count on my arm lock escapes. Not really. Plus, That's women, dude, women fight. PMS, they go through menopause. They have stuff that we can't comprehend. That the, it's and true. you don't know it's there until so they're throwing a hammer. No, at my it. wife tells me. My wife tells me. You know, it's funny. It's the, but it is it is a weird thing though because your wife, they will, like I tell her, I go when we get into an argument, I tell her, I go, there's not a person on the planet that could talk to me the way you're talking to me. This is not, it's just not happening because I don't give a fuck who it is. There's going to be a repercussion and there's no, and you know what I'm saying? Nobody gets away with that, but you know how much I love my kids. Of course. So I'm not going to be like, you know, and, and, and you're never getting that with a girlfriend. Or at least I would never get that with a girlfriend. You know why? Because if I get talked to a certain way, 
It's like, oh, 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 I understand. Oh, I'm this, that, and the other. All right, all right, bye. But you can't do that when you're married. So you have to, you have to say, all right, let me, let me, let me try to suck sure. this up. But then if you suck too much up, fucking, you know, you're gonna explode. So it's, it's one of those things where me and my wife, we have a. I'll tell you, when we go away, when we're out with the kids and this and that, and, and even with the kids, we're great. But like, we, you know, we we get along fucking infam- uh, famously. What are they gonna you say? get infamously. Yeah, is that the wrong infamously word? Infamously is negative. Famously is good. Right. right now we're getting along infamously. Yes, now you have an fucking, infamous relationship. Yeah, yeah. Combative. <laughs> famously, yeah, no, we get along great. We get along great, so let me just... Are you getting me off this? Can no, I just I'm vent sorry. a little we just, longer? We're going to get Roy on the phone. Oh, we're getting Roy Nelson? Nelson? Nobody yeah. wants to hear about my fucking problems? No, this is... Please. Uh, but listen, at the end of the day, listen, I know she's. I'm happy. She's the mother of my kid. She's great. We have a great thing going, but... uh. I don't know. I just don't. Jimmy, you know, know what I don't like? See this? You know what I'm doing with my fingers? I'm doing like, no, it's not the size He's of my cock. He's doing the masturbation. It's not the motor. size of my cock right here. I'm, I'm doing like, like, what is that, an inch? Yeah. I don't like, it. I don't like taking less, what is it, an ounce? I don't yeah. like taking an ounce of shit. Yeah. I don't fucking, I don't, I don't like it. A guy in Mass world doesn't have to eat a lot of shit because you're a fucking guy that puts fists in face. Yeah. It's a yes. But I was this guy from day one. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I just became this guy. That's why he became this and guy. And you know what? You know what really it? scares me though? Before we end this, you know what scares okay. me? You know what scares me, Jimmy? Um, I don't know. Okay. And what scares <laughs> me is I look at the guys that are married for a really long time. This scares me though. It does sometimes. And they take a lot of shit. Yes, they do. I look. So I'm like, all right. Like my mother passed, but you know she was running that shit with my father. You don't want to be a beaten man. And well, I'm not. It's it's not in me. So it's like fuck. So like when shit goes. Like we get the fights and she's like, oh, it's always, I'm always wrong. It's always my fault. You're never wrong. It's not that I'm never wrong. It's just that I got a certain set of fucking, like, I, I don't know, pride. I'm not going to be, and you know, like I look at like, like again, I'm not saying like maybe her parents or some of that. I love Ciro. My, my father-in-law is fucking awesome. And my mother-in-law is awesome to me. But I mean, I see sometimes, you know, she's, you know, bitching about him sometimes. Like, it's like, and the guy, you know, then he'll just go in his fucking garden. Eh, the women, I'm not that fucking guy. Right. I, I'm not as easy. I'm, I'm laid back. But I don't like taking no shit. You're not, you're you know not what a I'm saying, Jimmy? Guy. You know, but God damn, do I love my kids. And I love my wife, too. I just got a vent. I got a vent. Yeah, you just. I got a vent, Jimmy. I totally agree. Oh, fuck. Let's ask Roy about it. Roy's a married guy. And again, Roy Nelson's fighting Bigfoot Silva. On Saturday, right? Yeah, man. Is That's, it this Saturday? It's this Saturday, and it's coming from Brazil. It's on Fox Sports 1 at 10 p.m. Eastern. Is this all correct, Chris, the producer? Absolutely, yeah. Fuck, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that, man. Cyborg, Roy Nelson. Give me that whole card. Do I have that whole card in front of me? Yes, you do, sir. I do. I'm so excited to find it. I'm going to find it live as on air. But uh, other than that, Jimmy, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just weathering the storm, which is going on at the Sarah household. But we'll be all right. We'll get through it. We'll um, get through yeah, it. Of course, man. Well, worst comes scenario. Worst case scenario, I'm single. No, I'm only kidding. Yeah, fine. I'm fucking. <laughs> ah, it's fucking rough. Oh, this is a nice card. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, oh, the prelims. You got Eric Silva's fighting. Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, he's good, Eric Silva. He's, so you all uh, good now, Matt? You feel better? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Tiago Santos is fighting. Do I feel better? Yeah. I do feel better when I when I vent. Oh, shit. Oh, you know what's funny? And I, and I thought of this yesterday. Um, we were talking about uh, Hen and Burrell fighting. That's Dude, right. he's fighting my boy, man, Philippe Nova. That guy uh, used to train with me. And my buddy Rodrigo Gracie out here um, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and he's part of Team Henzo Gracie. And uh, 
that that guy's a, a good dude, man. He was on the in the um, the Ultimate Fighter, and he was he got to the finale where he lost in the finale. But he is um, he's a great fighter and a great guy. He's also a nurse, man. Besides fighting, he's a he's a nurse. Which and you you know maybe like in like in the Fockers, you could maybe usually fuck with somebody who's yeah, a nurse. Yeah, but this guy this guy will. You know, he's he's a fucking bad motherfucker. So well, there's nurse, there's male nurses, there's male nurses. There's other male nurses. There's angel yeah. of death guys. They just kill people. Like, we didn't think anything was wrong when he had a, a pillow with handlebars on it. You know, he's fucking <laughs> smothering old people. <laughs> what the fuck? Where did this come from? But, uh, yeah, no, it's true. But, no, Philippe, yeah. <laughs> Philippe's a good uh, a good egg man, um, and that's a that's a huge fight for him, man. Yeah, like, has Hennon Brown not lived? Man. Is Hennon Brown the same fighter he was? He, he lost uh, twice in a row to TJ. Is he? Uh, you know, he had Maybe. gone years without losing, and then he just. Hey man, it sometimes just catches up to a guy. There's guys like that, man. Where does TJ just, just have his number? Who else has he lost to? To Chris? We see his record. Hennon Brown. He was. Yeah. Uh, he hadn't lost in like ten years, correct? Right. And then lately, was he thirty and one? Am I being crazy by remembering that? That's a, Something just, insane, but I'll tell you, this is a huge fight for uh, Felipe Nova. Who I mean, that guy is he's just a good dude, and this is a huge, huge fight for him. And you know what's funny? The they, event. They're giving this to him in Brazil, and uh, this is um, I mean, he gets the uh, if he gets the upset here, that's so huge. So I mean, listen, I'm biased as hell because that's that's my buddy, yeah. and uh, I really hope he does well. I, I'm. I don't believe we got. What we good? Yeah. I, well, I was gonna say Hannah Brown was thirty-two and one. And then, then he lost to Dillashaw. Then he beat Mitch Gagnon, and then he lost to T.J. Dillashaw and Jeremy Stevens. His last two. Fights. Oh, he lost three Stevens. out of four. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Three out of four. I knew thirty. He lost. But that was a he moved three out, out of four. But two of those are uh, T.J. So you could say, oh, does he just have his number? And then you're like, well, he had a hard time with uh, who was the other one? I'm sorry, um, Stevens. Yeah, that Jeremy was his. Uh, I said he moved down to bantamweight. Obviously, he moved to featherweight. What kind of loss? Him. I think wasn't uh, was TJ a decision the first decision? No, that uh, yeah, that was a uh, no, no. No, he beat him down in the, in the yeah. fifth round. Yeah, no, he finished him in the fifth. He round. finished. That, that was a great fight. Yeah. I don't remember that was it. Like, that was and how a, about the second one, the Jeremy Stevens? Uh, Jeremy Stevens was a unanimous decision. It was a decision. What about the second TJ fight? It was a knockout in the uh, fourth round. He knocked him out. Okay. Yeah. Wait! Oh yeah, shit! That's right. I just don't remember. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, no, that. Hey, man, and we were there live for that Roy Nelson fight, so I can't wait to talk about to him. Absolutely. That, well, that Derek Lewis kicked him in the stomach. I, I want to know if he still has that fucking mark in his stomach. The Derek, Black Beast. Oh boy, did he put a? And I thought he won. I thought. Uh, I thought Roy, Roy won. That won. Fight. I did too. I really did. I thought he he took him down. What is it? Seven times, Chris? We talked about this earlier. Yep. Off air, took him down seven times, <laughs> and. Uh, that's not an easy thing to do with a, with a with a guy that size. That guy is a fucking monster. Yeah, a heavy handed monster, and uh, and that was a fun that was a fun fight to watch because it's like man, is and and the takedown. Some of them were like, ah, oh, he's got him, and, and that guy and that guy left. That guy was trying to really uh, Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. He was trying. Uh, he was trying his, his best to put get him out of there, man. He really was. But, you know, Roy... Dude, Roy he knocked him Roy's, down, though. Derek knocked him down, I think, right? He stunned him a couple of times. Derek Lewis hits fucking hard. Hey, man. But listen, that guy's got the <clears throat> the right guy with the chin, though, because, the you know, Roy, he's only been stopped once, and that's from Mark Hunt. Your Here boy. he is on the phone, hopefully yes. from Brazil. Roy, Roy Nelson, is that you? Hello. Hello, Roy? Yep. Hey, buddy. It's uh, Matt Sarah and Jim Norton on Unfiltered. How What's are you? What's up, Roy? What's going on? How you guys doing? Very well. Matt's in a bit of a 
Matt's having a, a, a bit of a fight with his wife, so he's a little <laughs> frazzled today. You've been there. You're still married, right, Roy? I am. All right, so you know what the hell I'm talking about. And tell your wife I said hello, by the way. She's always so sweet when I see you guys. And uh, But you could just, I know you're not, I can't see you, but just kind of give a wink or tap the microphone or type the phone if, you, if you've been there before. Do you, you've you been married a while, right? You've been there? Where I'm at right now? I, I've been married. All right. See, he just says I, it. I, I have been married. Yeah, fuck, man. Yeah, listen, sometimes it's rougher than the fucking octagon. You know that. No, it's actually um, scarier than the octagon. <laughs> fuck yeah, right, Roy? Oh, man. Roy's awesome, dude. Hey, do, I, you, do you guys have a rule, like like when you're fighting, when you, say you have a fight coming up and, and you're in fight week, will your spouses kind of know, like, all right, no matter what happens, we kind of don't go at it this week. This is like a week for mental preparation, or does that not matter? For me, I, I, I usually don't go out. I usually just hang out and become a hermit in the bed. Yeah, I for myself, I I would actually move them out of my house. Uh, my wife and at the time it was my two kids, or the, my, even my one shit. I had my first kid to over to my in laws just so I could get some you know peace of mind and do my thing. And Roy, we were talking before the fight. You're fighting uh, Bigfoot this uh, this Saturday. You guys are uh, uh, right before uh, Barrow and then uh, Cyborg. Do you? I thought you won that fight against Derek Lewis. And me too, man. I thought so too. Who did? <laughs> you were you were very you were visibly frustrated by that, were you? I it was one of the it was the probably one of the only fights in my career where I'm like, Are you serious? Like okay, whatever, but then it's like it is what it is and you can't change anything. Yeah. I mean I even, you, I even I even I even went to um Lorenzo afterwards and was like, dude, I'll finish him the next fight. If not, I'll give you my win bonus. Hey, man, you got, you got him down seven times, Roy. You took him down seven times, and that motherfucker's huge. And we were there. We were cage-side, me and Jimmy. And I remember thinking, no, he's got this. And uh, and I might be a little biased because I like you so much, Roy. But And I don't know Derek. But uh, I swear, I, uh, take that out of it, me knowing you, I, 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 thought, I thought you won. So, But hey, man, enough of that shit. You got something in, hunt, in front of you right now with Bigfoot Silva. And I'm excited about this, man. Bigfoot Silva, he either wins by KO or loses by KO. And uh, this is this is uh, this is, is an exciting matchup. What are you thinking of Bigfoot? Yeah, no, it's it's definitely you know definitely an exciting fight. I think it's been on the making for the last at least four years. I think um, when when the when the UFC bought Strikeforce, I think it was supposed to fight Bigfoot. It was supposed to be Bigfoot's first fight, but then he ended up getting Cain Velasquez. Yeah. Instead. And uh, what what do you see happening? Do you do you really want a Derek Lewis rematch, um, or, or or is there other guys in the division you'd rather fight? Oh no, I really wanted Derek. I was going to finish Derek. I mean, I was willing to bet my uh, my win bonus if I didn't finish him. They can have it. He looked like he stunned you a couple of times though. He really hits hard. Uh, is he one of the harder hitting guys you face in the division, or or in the heavyweight? Is that just an average punch? That was an average punch. <laughs> okay. Right, right. Yeah, he's honest. He's honest. Game. You have one of the best chins in in the whole freaking game. You know what I mean? You only got stopped once, and that's what Mark Hunt too. That guy could stop a Mack truck if he hit it. I mean, you know. Besides that, man, you never been stopped. Chris Producer, how many world? How many champions did he go with to the distance? Really quick. Six. 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 You yeah. went with six world champions, bell to bell, and nobody got you out of there. You're always in the fight. So I mean. Shit, man. And I think one of the things why you're a uh, fan favorite is the way you walk around. And I'm not saying, listen to me, I'm the last guy to call you chubby or anything because fucking, uh, you ever see the way I walk around, uh, Roy? I, get, I I walk around the same weight as you sometimes. But uh, 
They like that because you look like the regular guy. He's got it's like the old what's that movie with Rodney Dangerfield, the regular guy look. You like the regular uh, Easy Money. I yeah. love Easy Money, but you're like you're like the regular guy that's in there and just beating people's asses with your fucking right hand from hell and take down up against the it's cage. Good. Ah, dude, I, I, yeah, I no, listen. I, I'll watch you fight every I, every card. Go ahead, buddy. No, I know. I appreciate it. It's just it's. I, I think it's just. Um, I can usually relate to fans because I don't think I'm better than them. And um, I just go out there and just, you know, put it all on the line and then, you know, just go out there and just try to entertain. You know how it is. Does it make it a just little... Just be you. What's that? It's like you just be you, you know? Just you be you. About That's right, man. Else, all the other, a lot of other fighters try to, you know, try to be something or try to fit into this mold or, yeah. you know, dude, just be you. Yeah, well, you're unique, my man, so. Have you thought of going down to light heavyweight or is it something that you've considered or do you have no interest in it or it's just not, it's something you've never even thought about? Oh, uh, yeah, no, I mean, you're on a diet program, you got to get paid, you know, like, but, you know, when you're not getting, sometimes you just can't afford it. You know how expensive it is for healthy food? Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> what, let me ask you. That's great. What's the hardest thing for you to stay away from food-wise? Food-wise? Yeah, for me, believe it or not, it's fucking pretzels and carbs. I can't stop shoving that in my face. For you, what's the one thing that you're like, oh, I'm fucking doomed if I see this? Dude, it, pretty much anything. I mean, I'm, I'm a steak and potato type of guy, so you take away my potatoes, I mean, I go bonkers. <laughs> Don't fuck with his potatoes, Jimmy. Okay. He'll fucking kill you. And do you, uh, do you, uh, you rely a lot on that big booming right, which really, it really is one of the most beautiful punches. But do you? I, I've noticed you don't do as much uh, jujitsu. Is that something that you've kind of removed a bit from your uh, your game plan, or it just doesn't seem to work out that way? No, um, like I mean, my last fight, you know, like you said, I got seven, you know, seven takedowns. But now I think now I have probably like the third highest takedown rate in the heavyweight division. I mean, I was just, you know, oh. like bringing up my my stats. Look at that. Touche, Jimmy. No, no, no but I just, it's something I've just noticed in a lot of the fights that uh, I haven't seen Roy on the ground very often. Hey, I've seen him on the ground with Andre, uh, with Arlovsky, uh, and that wasn't in the UFC. And that was, uh, and they they screwed him with that man because they kept standing him up. And I was so pissed watching that fight. It was it was a while ago. You know what I'm talking about, Roy? You got you got fucked in that fight because you kept taking him. I think they stopped you when you were looking for a Kimura, which I'm a huge fan of. I know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, the th well the thing is, even my my last fight. What do you mean my last fight? I even had a long talk with John McCarthy in the back and talk about. Hey, don't you know? Don't break us up when you know. Like I'm working, blah blah blah. He's like, as long as you're doing damage, blah blah blah. And then I'm like, okay, cool. And then when I had him up against the fence, I'm sitting there punching him in his legs, in his thigh, giving him a good old you know frog and stuff like that. And then me and uh, John McCarthy are having a conversation. I'm going, he's like, you got to move. And I'm like, I'm doing damage. I'm sitting there having a conversation with him, and he's, and I'm like, dude, you're such a retard. And then <laughs> I hit the third, the third guy in there. Like, just stop the. Illegal stuff. Don't yeah. let them get me poked in the eye and hit me in my balls. I don't you think, really care. You, you think that, sometimes they step shit. in too soon and interfere with a strategy when you really are working. It just, you know, it, it's a slow positioning thing and you think they jump in sometimes way too fast. I don't even think they jump in. I just think they just don't know what the fuck's going on. Well, you know what it is too, though, Jimmy, is like, especially if you're trying to be a little strategic. I mean, everybody wants action. I know that. Right. But I, I, I know Roy's pain where sometimes you'll get a fight down. And, you know, the guy in the bottom hears it. So he knows that if you're just like, 
if the refs go, oh, you got to do something, that guy's not going to try to get out. That guy's going to clamp down even more. Just wait for that stand-up. Wow. And now Roy could be distributing his weight the right way, looking to set up either a pass or make the guy move a certain way to t- attach onto a, a, a limb and take a Kimura or whatnot. But he doesn't have that luxury of setting anything up because it's it's like in jujitsu's chess and on the floor in the in, in mixed martial arts, especially you know it's in the UFC, it's 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 speed chess. Sometimes it's like you got to go. All right, you hit the clock now. You hit the clear. You know, it's one of those things where you don't get as much time to set it up, and it's very frustrating. I mean, as long as the guy's not stalling from inside a guard like Ken Shamrock versus Hoist Gracie number uh, two back in the day, then they should they should allow them to take their time and work. You know, I mean. The guy, the fans, either they, if they don't get it, they will get it eventually. You know what I mean? But it, it takes away from who the better fighter is. That's right. You know? Right, Roy? And he, no, yeah, no. Because, like, in our conversation, you know, John, um, John goes, if you're, in, if you're in guard and you go, you know, body, body, head, body, body, head, you know, that, you know, the standard punch kit, you know, the body, body, head, he's like, I'm going to stand you up. And he goes, but if you're the guy on the bottom and you're just holding, I'm not going to stand you up just to relieve the, um, you know, to to basically, you know, award you. And I'm like, okay, what if I'm in guard and I'm going body body head, but the guy's holding me, just doing nothing. So who gets up? Are you who are you going to reward? Ooh. And then he, I was dumbfounded, and he didn't say anything, and he told me to shut up. Dang, dang. Do you think there's a problem? Because uh, because Rogan has at times compl- uh, said that the refereeing or Dana certainly has been vocal at times about the ref. Do you, do you think there's a problem with uh, in general with it, or is it just in, in rare instances? I think it's a, no, there's a definitely a problem. I think the, the rules should be uh, pretty simple. Just stay the hell out of it. It's a fight. And if the, if the guy can't get off his back, then he sucks. Then he shouldn't be in MMA. He should be in boxing. Man, there you go. I, hey, man, I agree. Otherwise, these guys, they go off standing up. They get takedown. All right, I just got to stall a little bit. They're going to put me back upstairs. You know what I mean? I used to have a guy I sparred with, and he was good standing up, but he sucked on the floor. So he'd go off on me. And it was mixed martial arts sparring. So I'd, I'd take him down. He'd let me just tap him. We'd stand up again. He'd just go off on me again. So I'm like, you prick. Like, so uh, it, it's kind of like the same thing, except for the tap. If they get used to just stalling down there, you know, I mean, fuck. Well, do you think sometimes they'll do that because they're overly concerned where they shouldn't be concerned about fan reaction and whether the fans are enjoying it instead of, like you said, looking for who's the better fighter? Do you think that they're allowing in a way the fans to dictate what they're doing? Um, yeah, no, definitely. I think if they want to fix that, all they got to do is just go to a three-minute round, just like kind of like a boxing, and just make more rounds out of it. And then um, if the guy just gets to the ten before and he can't get back up, they just let it, you know, bubble out for three three minutes. What do you and, think? And then I'm not going to reset every two minutes or you know every minute after that. Roy, what do you think of the new uh, rules that are going to be coming into place with 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 judging? Uh, uh, rounds as, as far as the amount of damage and the amount of dominance and some of the new stuff. Do you think it's good? Um, if they know how to follow it, I mean, because if that's the case, because if they go effective striking and damage, then shit, I'm not gonna lose a fight. Oh, yeah, that. right. No, I, I'm. Be like, that didn't that didn't hurt me, so I'm good. Have you always? It sounds like a stupid question, but you, I'm amazed at the punches I've seen you take. <laughs> I was I was amazed sitting ringside watching Derek Lewis, who like to you that's a, an average punch, but he hits hard. And to watch you taking those punches, I mean, has that always been a strong suit of yours your whole life, or is that something you realized later when you when you uh, started uh, standing up more? No, like I, I think the only punch that Dan, uh, that Derek actually hit clean was the very last ten seconds, but I actually hit in first, so. It was one of those like I I chopped him in the back of the neck and then I took a, a straight or a 
a wild right. And then I just kept on punching. I mean, that's just how it is. You're kind of going for it. It's funny because it, sometimes it looks like the guy, Jimmy, is taking so much abuse with these punches. I mean, I, I remember hearing an interview uh, with, uh, with, with Ray LaMotta. Jake LaMotta, Jake I'm sorry. LaMotta, sure. What the hell is that? With Jake LaMotta, and they were talking about his fights with um, Sugar Ray, Ray Robinson. Robinson. And they're like, man, how how did you take that punishment up against the, the ropes? And, and how did you take those beatings and those punches? And he would say, look, you know, it, it, yeah, sure, he'd get hit. But if you, it's not like you're just standing there. If you roll with it, you're taking this this much this much power away from that shot like this so it's like instead of getting it with 100% of it you're getting hit with like 40% of it you know what I mean cuz he's like rolling slightly with it and so i mean it's it even with with, with Roy I mean, it looks. Oh man, that guy's taking a beating. But how, is, is he is he rolling with it slightly? Is it landing? Just is everything landing clean? And he's just got a, a, that iron granite chin, which he does have. Yeah. But it's it's more of. I mean, he's doing more to deflect it than uh than even meets the eye. Is that true, Roy? That you're rolling with him, and yeah, a lot of them aren't getting flush. Where people think, man, this guy's just has a you know he's just unstoppable with his chin. Or is it more you're taking some away by rolling with it and whatnot? Yeah, no, I like to think I, I don't really get hit that much, but it definitely looks like it. But it's, you know, everybody thinks you don't have an iron chin and I'm a superhuman, then cool. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Let them keep thinking that. Well, both things can be right. You know, you can be rolling with them and not getting hit as much, but I've seen you take some punches. And no, I'm yeah. like, I can't believe he is still yeah. standing up. And everyone I've ever <laughs> talked to about MA, you definitely have the hardest, uh, the most solid chin in the entire sport. Well, thank you. Uh, he's like, well, thank you. And now he's blushing. He's <laughs> blushing. Over. He's in Brazil blushing on the phone. No, but also, I'll tell you uh, whose chin is, you know, taking a beating lately. And then that's uh, Bigfoot. Antonio Bigfoot Silva. I mean, he's uh, he, he's been stopped uh, uh, a few times as of lately. Four so to five, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, that's got to be something to be, you know, I'm sure you, you, you're considering that and, 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 that's something in your favor for sure, especially with somebody the, with the uh, power that you possess, you know? So I don't know. I mean, sure. I mean, the other guy could dish it out too, but if it comes down to a battle of you take my punch, I take yours, it's looking good for you, Roy. No, I'm, I'm always, I always like that type of firefight all, all day long. Yeah. I'm all about that. Yeah. But we're in Brazil, so I might have to do some takedowns and submissions. You know, I got to get the stats up. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you are in Brazil, man. So that that is. I'll tell you. Have you fought? I several times fought in uh, people's hometowns. I fought my last fight with Chris Lytle in Indiana. I fought uh, George St. Pierre in the rematch in Montreal. So I know what it's like to be booed and hated and having chance of fu and whatnot. So I, I have you done that before? Have you been the um the villain? And have you been fighting guys in their home country or hometown or? You know what I, I I have, but the thing is, is like fighting here in Brazil, I think uh, I'll probably have a home fa- uh, you know the home field advantage just because you know from what I've talked to the from the PR team here, just you know I'm the number one requested athlete, but you know like wow out here and this is the first time you know being here, so Shit. I don't I I doubt I'll have the you know the the booze and stuff or the chanting of killing of Americans you know. Yeah, Hopefully not. he is beloved though. People yeah. love people love Roy Nelson. Absolutely, you know I do. <laughs> I do. I Jimmy really do. Jimmy's looking at me like I'm not telling him a fib. I'm, I'm telling you, I do. I don't know Roy. <laughs> I met Roy briefly. You were walking at 200. You were walking behind me, going to your seat. Mm-hmm. And I told you that you got robbed, and you said thank you. Oh, there you go. That was the start. <laughs> that, was, that, was my, that was the that start. Was our interaction. 
<laughs> you thought you were some crazed fan, <laughs> which you are. Yeah. But uh, hey, hey, Roy, anything else with the acting, man? Don't. Hey, listen, I still want to thank you for giving me that DVD of Scorpion Master Two, whatever the fuck it was, Scorpion King. <laughs> no, I'm serious. He did a movie, right, Roy? Yeah, no, it's Scor- that was my first movie, Scorpion King Four. I, I figured I'd get my my Randy Couture start. Oh, I love it. Yeah, of course. Anything lately or no? Yeah, no. Um, I just finished up uh, actually Kickboxer Two with Van Dam and um, oh. I think uh, yeah, Van Dam and then um, I think George was in the first one, Kickboxer One with uh, Batista. Yeah. Oh, so you did the sequel. You did the sequel. Yeah, did, yeah, did the sequel. It's actually gonna be better because it has Mike Tyson in it. It's, oh it's, shit! It's actually much better. And then, oh. uh, and then we're actually gonna film the third one. And then after my fight with Bigfoot, I'm gonna actually offer him a part in part three. Look at you, oh, dude. You're man. Now I'm not gonna. When I see you, I'm not gonna hit you up for DVD. I, I feel like I'm. It's too much if I ask you for DVDs of those. So I'll just. I'll just find out where I can get those those DVDs. Or you can come no, on here and well, plug see, it. That's the thing is the part two and I think part three, those will be in the theaters. Oh, Jimmy. By the way, that was the worst hint at free DVDs I've ever heard in my right? life. Right? Matt did. really wanted, Roy, Matt really wanted you to go I like, no, nah, I got you covered, buddy. I, but you didn't. You're yeah. like, it's in the theater, stupid. Get yeah. tickets. <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah, you can get, you can go to your local matinee. I know you you spoiled me. The last time I seen him, I, I heard he was going to be in it, and I told him, and then I seen him again, and he handed me a DVD. That's the kind of guy Roy is. Yeah, he he see me again. He goes, "This is for you." I go, "Holy shit!" You should have signed it though. I don't think he signed it for me. Hey, Roy, do you have any scenes with Mike with Tyson? Actually, I did. Oh, look at that. And do you have to fight him, or what do you? Who do you guys play? Don't give away the plot. Uh, no, we're we're in the jail scene, so it's at home. Oh, okay. Natural. Had you met him before? Yeah, no, we met. I, I met Mike uh, a couple times before. Just uh, that was the first time I actually really got to uh, got to know Mike. Was actually on the set. He's a good dude, right? Yeah. How did you expect him to be compared to how he was? Because I, I think uh, I've had the same experience. Um, I think it all depends on you know where you where you catch him. You know, on the day, you know, like you know if he's wound down, if he's wound up. You know, so I think it's just sometimes you, in the news catcher, you just when you're having a bad day. Yeah, and he's, he was a, he's a sillier guy than I would have thought. You know what I mean? Like a goofier, funnier guy. I like silly. Yeah, you know, you think he's just going to be this in, intense dude, and he's really honest, and he talks about it, yeah. but he's he's not the guy that you, you like, like where I said that you saw on the news in 1992. Yeah. He's a much different and more enjoyable I got to meet guy. him. I met him while I shook his hand. I seen him back in Dana's... Uh, Backstage in the green room or something. I said hello, whatever. He said hello, walking by. But I didn't really get to know him or meet him or talk to him that much. We got to have him on here. Yeah. I think he'd come on here in a second. Oh, he absolutely would come. If he's in New York. He he's such a, seems like a real down to earth dude. All right, Roy. Well, listen, Just like Roy. Roy's a great dude, and we, and we really are fans, man. So, and, and good luck uh, on Saturday against uh, Bigfoot. I appreciate Silly. it. Yeah, Roy. Thanks for coming on, man. And if you want to come on again, and especially if you're ever in New York, dude, you have to come in here. We'd and love I'll, to have you in. I'll bring you in. If you like meat, I got this place, this Brazilian barbecue, uh, Plataforma. I eat there well, all the time. You know, on the 50th. Do you really? Yes. 49th. Man, I'm going to have date night. Yeah, yeah I, date I love night. that place. Yo, Roy, I'll take you there, dude. We'll we'll go to work, man. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. Is, that the, um, is that the one over by Henzo's um, gym? Yeah, well, Henzo goes there a lot. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Henzo goes there a lot too, man. One I go there a lot with my places. wife. What's that? Yeah, no, that's a that that's a great place, man. So if you're ever in here, that's the plan. You come in here, you 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 uh, plug kickbox kickboxer fucking five, whatever the hell you're in, and then or scorpion <laughs> scorpion king twelve, whatever it is, whatever you're into, Roy, we'll get you plug it, and then we will go out to eat Jimmy's treating. I can't wait. That sounds great. <laughs> 
All right, man. All right, good luck, Roy. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. Uh, No problem. Thanks, guys. Take care, homie. Thanks so much. Okay, bye. Bye, buddy. I'm surprised he said he didn't get uh, hit that much. I guess the perspective is different when you're watching it. Like yeah. you said, guys are rolling with But he he was a little humble about his chin. His chin yeah. is, is, is fucking, it's he granite. Could, he could take that punch and, you know, mm-hmm. there's something underneath that beard. Should we find out? He's got like plated. Well, that's he's how got, tough like, he is. Plated chin. He doesn't think he's getting hit. It's like as metal hard. under there. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't think he's getting hit as hard, or if it's just a huge beard and it's actually missing and just hitting beard hair. Maybe that's what it is. He sounded excited about his movie career. I don't know if, if, if yeah, he picked up a little. You see his voice? Is he a good actor? I mean, what? I'm only kidding. Of course he is. I mean, I see him fighting in the Scorpion King. You know, so you get to see a little something here and there, but. uh I mean, that guy could be in anything. Look at that guy. Put that guy in a biker movie. Put that guy in a fucking prison movie. Do you think he's... A the, barbarian movie. Because he's such, he is a big guy, so he's not yeah. a small dude. But is he the type of guy that you think somebody underestimates when they're out in a bar? I thought you were going to say leading man? No, no, I don't think he's a leading man. That's a prison movie. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say? Is he the type of guy that somebody looks at in a bar and, and underestimates? I don't think so. No, because he's I think a, I'm that guy. No, nah, you're too solid looking, man. You're yeah. a little solid, cranky fire plug. No one's fucking yeah. with you. Cranky? Well, yeah. When you call me today, I'm cranky. When's the last time Am I anyone... cranky today? No, I don't mind it. Uh, When's right. the last time anyone fucked at you? Uh, well, I was going through the subway a couple weeks ago. I think I said that on air, though. You weren't here. It was with Ryan. I told you. That's a... What happened? No, man. I'm walking, I'm walking through a... And I think... I Actually, I think it was Derek Lewis. Not one It was a big black guy with a backpack on. And I'm walking through the little turnstile, you know? Yeah. And... uh and he goes, oh, man, uh, takes forever walking behind you, man. You're walking so slow. <laughs> what the fuck? And now, we're in, and now it was, granted, it was rush hour. I was close to five. I guess it's really, you know, it's like packed in there. Everybody's walking. It's like a bunch of herd of people walking this way and that way. But, hey, dude, I told them. I go, man, I'm not a fucking rush, man. Go find a fast lane. Get the fuck away from me. Did you really say that? Oh, fuck yeah. I, dude, I, listen, Jimmy, <laughs> I go, get the fuck. Am I, in a, am I I'm keeping you from something? Do I look like I'm in a rush? So I go, go find the fast lane. Get the fuck away from me. What did he say? Oh, <laughs> he walked away. Fuck. The guy's a bully. The guy's a fucking bully, Jimmy, and he I don't was. like bullies. And you, what? that's what you're saying to me, man? Wait, wait was he a big solid guy? Oh, he's a big a... motherfucker, yeah. And he immediately... I was with Longo. Longo was behind, like, way behind me, and I wasn't even rushing, but because uh, I'm Italian. No, I wasn't in a rush. All right, Jimmy, Jimmy. Fuck I... yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, you listen. Chip happy. When I do the fucking... <laughs> Piece of garbage. Fucking Sarah. Oh, I'm lightheaded. He ain't Russian. Oh, Jimmy. When I do my shitty little jokes, like the Blanco <laughs> joke the other day, I said a joke the last podcast, Jimmy literally <clears throat> pointing to the pointed to the clock. How's that for my ego? It's not I'm surprised I showed up today. So wait, you turned around and you 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 were you were you weren't like, oh sorry, man, I'm going too slow. Oh, you gotta no, the way if somebody said, Oh, I'm in a rush, can I I'd let them go right by. This guy didn't look like he was he had a backpack on and he goes, oh man. He's like, you know, he's, I forgot what he said exactly. Man, could you go any? Could you go any slower? Something like that. I'm like, what? Excuse me. And uh, he said, so man, it takes forever. You know, you walking behind you, you walk so slow. I, I, dude, really, really? Do I look like I'm in a rush to you? I go go find a fast lane, dude. Get the fuck away from me. And I know that guy shot him a fucking look, man. Dude, fuck off. Dude, that's not nice. That's not a nice person. And guess what, Jimmy? That guy would do that to you and do that to somebody else. And he'd get away with it. <laughs> and, he, and, and, I'd, and I'd hurry up. And, and, and this guy, a 300-pound guy, the guy's a big dude. He's probably going through his own life being a fucking jerk off. Jerk off. Being a fucking, being a guy that says that to everybody, saying that to a guy with his girlfriend, seeing that to say, I, I see that guy as that guy. Yeah. 
So I mean, he has the wrong guy. So don't don't say you that. Think shit he immediately to me. picked up on the fact that he. Oh fuck you! Well, he he initially he of hundred percent. But the one thing a guy like that does not want is is, is anybody fucking give. There's enough guys out there that aren't going to give him any any say anything back. They'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. So he sees, oh, this motherfucker. Okay, this guy's this guy's a real guy here. Not that not that you're not a real guy, but I'm like, not. No, no, I you know, I would have lifted up my dress and let him go. I would have curtsied. <laughs> the guy was the guy was wrong, and the guy was rude. And I don't like rude people because I'm a very nice person and yeah. I don't act like that. Yeah, I hate that bully shit. And uh, screw that. So, did, did you uh, like immediately know how you would have to take him down if you had to? Like, did it flash in your mind? Or do you? No, that, that all, that's all instinct. I mean, right. the one thing you never want to do, and you could watch this from watching any of those world star hip hops or anything, when the guys get suckered, you never want to be just square with a guy <laughs> stating your case or saying what's your problem. And no, first thing you do is angle your body with your shoulders so you're less of a target. And you're hiding your chin and you're ready to roll with something that never comes at you. And uh, and then, you know, so that way you're taking away a lot of his laws. You don't want to get, nobody wants to get sucker punched or anything. So, but this was very, this happened all very fast. But if he, if he had grabbed for you, you immediately would have went for his legs and taken yeah, him down. Maybe smack him, then go low, get a single, put him down, you know. And then or, fucking really hurt. You don't, oh yeah, you don't I, care I don't, if he's a big guy on the ground? No, dude, uh, no, on the ground, Jimmy, we're all the same size, man. Really. Say that with the total But he's chicks. strong though. <laughs> are you being silly or no, not? I mean, that's, no, I, no, no. As a guy, me and, no, you know me what and happens, Chris are nodding at each no, other. No, no, Jimmy, our Jimmy, you know what happens with, uh, <laughs> uh, you know what happens with, with, with guys that don't know how to fight is they, um, I call it, they give you gifts, you know? So in other words, if he doesn't, uh, uh, chances are that dude doesn't know any jujitsu. I'm just, I'm just, let me, let me just take a guess and say that guy doesn't know jujitsu. And if he does, he probably doesn't know the level of no, it. No, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't. Unless he's been on the math for the last 20 years. So chances are I put that guy down. You know, I take that guy down. Or chances are I slip and that guy ends up on top of me. I can, I could be on that. I could, even when I'm at my heaviest, I can get out and up from, from guys that know how to keep you down. So that guy's not keep, any, this guy, I could trip, this guy can end up on my back with both hooks. I'll get out and I'll take that guy's fucking arm. And I'm, I just, and that's not bragging. No. I just know I will. So when this guy is saying something like this, if I did something, I put this guy down, He's going to give me something. And what is he going to give me? He's going to go, oh, I got to get up. He'll turn around. He'll go to get up. And oh, he'll expose his back. So I'll great. flatten him out. I'll strangle him. Or <laughs> he'll look to bench press me, Jimmy. And then he's saying, you know what he's saying to me? What? Take my arm, please. <laughs> you know, like that old joke, take my wife. He's yeah. giving me the arm. So I could, what I would do is, what you normally do is you, you get, you, I take a guy down right away and a guy's just going ballistic. You don't go for something right away. And I mean, if there's an arm sticking right out there, you go for it. The guy can have that nervous, that adrenaline where now that one, it can get sloppy and I lose it. Other guy's on top and he has, he's got that adrenaline, throws a couple of bombs and you could be hurt. No, you, you, you ride it out. You take a guy down and now the ground's there to help you stay on top. So I would, if that guy goes to launch me, I would keep my position. Within 10 to 12, with 15 seconds, that guy's not feeling the same way. He's, or else he's slowed down enough where he'll just, It'd be like slow motion, like the Matrix, seeing the bullets come at you. So, I mean, I would take a limb. I would do whatever I want. Or I'd take him down, smack him a few times, and, and tell him to, to watch his mouth. <laughs> you know? So, I want to be Matt Sarah for a day. But the problem with all of that is the almighty, um, oh, he hurt me. I, I go back to that story with the five-town tough guy oh. when I told you about that, when the guy, you know, he cut me off in traffic, and he got out. He looked for trouble. He found it. The second I took him down, I hit him. Call the police! Like, what the fuck? I thought you wanted this. So it's it's one of those things where I don't want. Listen, I don't want to get into any street fights. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm a I'm a 42 year old husband and a father. But at the same time, guys can't go around treating people like that. Like That's that right. guy going through Penn Station doing that, dude. Oh, 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 oh you so slow walking behind you. You walk so slow. Really? 
You want to you wanted to get my attention to tell me that? Why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> so, but you're right. He probably is the type of guy that says that to gr- oh, guys. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. You think he embarrasses guys in front of the girlfriend? I, I, he, tr- he tried to fucking alpha me for no reason, and that's not happening. And you ever hear that saying? Not up in here. Not up in here. Jimmy. I've actually said that pointing to my anus, <laughs> but I didn't mean it. <laughs> I was just playing hard to get. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh god! Holy shit! I'm like, I might pass out on this show. Look how, look how red I am. I'm I'm dizzy. I'm dizzy from the laughter. All right, well I'm, I'm fucking dizzy. Okay, well here's <laughs> Chris is fucking. Believe smirking. me, I can make that laughter stop right away. Why? How? How could you do that? Oh. No more laughs. It's time for good smiles with good news coming. Yes. Good talk, smiles. Talk well said, me. Jim. Talk to me. Talk to me. You don't need to come in first place, you silly geese. If you want to cash in, the player who finished eight hundredth. In week one's biggest fantasy football contest took home 100 bucks. This weekend, DraftKings is hosting another, yet another, huge fantasy contest with over $1 million in total prizes up for grabs. People have such great things to say about DraftKings. It's the destination for one-week fantasy football. Play whenever you feel like playing with the players that you feel like playing with. You pick your contest, you draft your team, you follow the action live. Renew old rivalries with your friends, your family, co-workers, people you hate. Maybe you guys can pretend and see who's the superior GM. Oh! Maybe you can have a little thing. I bet I'm the better GM. Yeah, than I'm the better GM than you. I don't know. <laughs> I've been told I'm a heck of a GM. And then you can have a little GM contest. <laughs> Whatever your level of fantasy expertise, doesn't matter. DraftKings has something for everyone. Don't wait. You go to DraftKings.com right now, and you can choose your players for this weekend's contest. Enter promo code KO. That's K-O. Play for free with your first deposit. That's promo code KO to play free with your share of over $1 million in total prizes this weekend. Only at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. Eligibility restrictions, of course, they may apply. So check out the website for details. This is UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports UFC Unfiltered. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage approval process into the 21st century. Fast, powerful, and completely online, Rocket Mortgage has taken all the complicated, time-consuming parts of applying for a mortgage out of the equation. Hate searching through stacks of old files and paperwork? Of course you do. With Rocket Mortgage, you can easily share your bank statements and pay stubs at the touch of one button, helping you get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your unique financial situation. Even better, with Rocket Mortgage, you can do all of this on your phone or your tablet. It's a quick online process that you can manage from the convenience of your couch. So if you're looking to refinance your mortgage or buy a home, check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com slash unfiltered that's quickenloans.com slash unfiltered equal housing lender license in all 50 states nmls consumer access.org number 3030 we do have a guest coming in today we do um, talk to me in 10 minutes his name is chris hansen oh and to uh, catch a perv to catch a predator. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, he is. Uh, but there's a new show he's doing, and it's going to be called uh, Crime Watch Daily. Uh, which, I don't know if it's out yet or not. I probably should know that. Um, I think it premiered September 12th. Oh, okay. So, so it's just, just beginning. And uh, it's good. <clears throat> it's good for... Uh, <laughs> it is. I'm itching my back. I, no, I'm, go ahead. Itch your back. Itch your balls. This is our... Listen, I came in today... And I just, I, I told you, I use this as my therapy. And I feel better already. 
I do. It's I wish Roy Nelson was here right now to punch me in my fucking face. Roy hits pretty hard. Could you take one of those booming rights? You think? I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my chances in jujitsu. I'll just clinch and hold on to his beard. I wonder who hit. I wonder if Mark Hunt hit him harder than anyone's ever hit him, or was it just a flusher than anyone's? You know, I, that was an uppercut, wasn't it? I think it was I don't remember. I mean, if, if yeah, so, it might it might, it, again, it might have been the shot that Hoy, that the Hoist, Hoist Gracie, that uh, that Roy did not see. I, I believe his head was down and he threw that thing up. So. Again, man, it's always those shots that you don't see. I mean, the shots you do see suck too, but the shots you don't see are the ones that really just put those lights out, man. You know what I mean? That's why I'm saying before, like if it's ever in a street situation, you angle your body. The worst is when you see those guys just arguing. As, and I say like the the hip, the, the, the world star hip hop, whatever. World star. No, you watch like the street fights. You ever watch those things on YouTube? Just Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know why. I do because I like to see what goes on out there. Like what... And there's those guys that are just totally squared up, just, hey, man, just talking shit like, hey, you know, you came to me. You wanted to start some trouble. And they're like, God damn, I'm like, this guy's getting laid the fuck out. You wouldn't stand that way? No, nah, no, nah, you can't stand that way. It's fucking ridiculous. You turn your body. To angle your body, Jimmy. You angle your body. That way you could roll, come back. You could roll. You could clinch. See, my problem is I, I tend to announce things when I'm doing. So I know in that moment, I'd probably go, body angling commencing. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, ready to throw a karate chop and engage just, in some fisticuffs. If I was you, angle your body, put your hand in your pocket. They'll think you might have a blade or something because you'll be like, oh, this little guy, look at him. No, they're probably, probably carrying something. Who's this little sheepish fella reaching for a boogie tissue? And then I'd reach up and <laughs> dig under my stupid nose. My sinuses are bothering <laughs> me. I have sleep apnea. Do you? I think I do. I, I fucking, I, I, I think I do. I saw two big guys, by the way, arguing outside a cab recently. I was in a Ooh. cab and they were fight like real road rage. One was a big white guy and one was a black guy like your build, smaller, not as well built as you, but like a stocky. Thank you. I've been doing push-ups. Um, but this guy, the, but the other guy was a big motherfucker. Yeah. Man. But he was well built. And they were screaming at each other and they were close. But the little guy, the black dude was a little angrier. You could see he had a little more genuine rage. Yeah. And the big guy, in a way, goes, "Well, you cut me off." Like he, you could see in that moment, he decided, "Like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my take my foot off the gas. I'm gonna take my foot off the gas." And, and is it in those situations? It seems like both people, in most cases, want a way to walk away without looking like they're pussies. Yeah, like you know, like you and that guy, you had that little thing. You probably could have laid him out, but he's like, "Oh, okay, this is a problem." And you're like, "What do you want to fucking you know yeah. for no reason have this?" And you both just went. He went, "Ha ha," and you walked away. Yeah, that was on him. I mean, he, he that guy initially, the thing is this, if I'm walking and I'm telling that guy something stupid, then I don't know. I, I, that's not me though. I'm not looking for trouble. The guy was 110% wrong. Yeah. Don't, if you ever hear like, if you have nothing nice to say, you know what I'm saying? Don't sure. say a thing. Why are you, t um, you, you, you saying how slow I walk? You do walk around me, man. If I'm that slow, I, I'm holding you up. Go find a fucking fast lane. Get away. What 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 exactly is your problem? I want to know. You got a problem with me? Not you, Jimmy. No, I know, but that's but like, it's funny. Matt was. It, I'm so fascinated. I, I I love. I was on a train the other day with Matt and Chris Weidman. Uh, it was just a fun place to be. Like no one's gonna bother me. But my, my no, it's funny as I got off the train because Matt and Chris continued on. I just thought how funny it would be is as the doors are closing, they saw me getting beaten up and they couldn't help me. And I have to look, and I have to look at the former uh, two former champions just kind of oh, fucking waving at me, getting my ass kicked. Oh man, that's funny. The second we were on there, um, 
a guy was approaching Chris. Oh man, you're fighting. Yeah. You can see how Chris interacts. Chris is just a good dude. Nice man. guy. I had such a good time with him in here. Yeah, it was very we fun, really, man. It was love, such a fun hang. We just got to keep bringing guys in here. 100%, dude. Yeah, they're also Bob the Booker's got to get guys in here. Well, Bob the Booker's... Uh, What's going on with Bob the Booker? I don't know. Is he's, he all right? He has Chris Can- Chris Hansen today, who I've been oh! a long time ago. That's good, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> a few other things fell through over the weeks, but uh, well, right. Chris is a good hey, dude. Hey, listen. If you're... Uh, if Listen. Chris Medusa knows how we play ball. We like to, you know. That's right, with our, on our chins. Oh, wait, it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, not that kind of ball. No, of course not. Yeah. Let's see what else is happening. Yeah, let's talk to me, man. By the way, Dana. What else we got? Hopefully, Dana and some fighters will be in town next week. I'm hoping. Is that the rumor? Um, I'm very much I'd hoping so. I love that so. Dana in here. And, uh, oh, Dana said this. I think in a perfect world, everybody would love to see Ronda versus Cyborg. So everyone's waiting. Uh, and Cyborg is waiting for the return of Ronda. When she does return, she's going to want to fight for the title, probably defend it, and then maybe fight Cyborg. That's this Dana thinking out loud, I guess. Yeah. Um, how is Cyborg Colin Quinn had a funny joke about that. He goes, you know, the guy goes, I'm thinking out loud. I go, yeah, we call that talking. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I heard it. Is that from Colin Quinn? Colin Quinn's That's there. funny. I <laughs> call it talking. Um, but how is, is she going to make that weight okay? You know, well, Ronda's 135. Yeah. And, and Cyborg is now trying to get down to 140. Yeah, which I'm reading she's having a bit of a... She'll get there, but she it's it's a struggle for her to get there. So would they have to fight the cat? Is it naturally her build? Is there no way for her to fight at 135? You think it's impossible? I, I mean, just based on what I've seen in her say, yeah. I now, is that her one. eating off thing, or is that just her build is bigger? Yeah, I think she's just big. Just a bigger person. Yeah. So how would they fight at, at one? We think they'd fight at one forty. Would Ronda go up five? There'd be a lot of money in that. But does, does Ronda have anything to gain from that? What's that? Cyborg. I mean, well, it's, well it's, that's she, a that's a huge grudge match from back when you know since Ronda's been on the scene because as Ronda was always now the competition's getting stiffer. You know, with the champ now, Amanda Nunes, and uh, you know Misha Tate's always in the mix and. And besides that, it was like you were looking at it and you're looking at, all right, there's Ronda, there's Misha, who Ronda was getting the better at, you know, beat her twice. Yeah. And then there's um, and then there's Cyborg, who was never in the mix because she wasn't in the UFC. So it's a huge thing that she's in the UFC. And they, that, for a belt or not, that would be an insane call pay-per-view. That, that, would, that would be a headliner. That would probably be the biggest <clears throat> fight to date. I mean, that's huge. That would be huge. Ronda Cyborg would be the biggest fight to that date. That would be huge. That would be a huge fight, and that's something I would definitely want to be at. You know what I mean? I think that'd be a great fight. And Cyborg is a dangerous fighter, but so is Ronda. I mean, if she gets a hold of her and pulls her on the ground, I don't think there's anybody that Ronda can't tap if she gets her on the ground. No, no, that's true. And again, but I mean, yes, I, I feel that's true. I think she's fucking phenomenal. And I've been in an armbar by Ronda, by the way. That's where you and I have differ. you. You've never taken an armbar from Ronda Rousey. You have? have. You, yes, of course I have. I'm jealous. Of course I have. It's on video. Is she, it? She, it was the first time we interviewed GSP that day. Okay. And then we interviewed her later, I think. And okay. people told me, guys who knew UFC, I'd always had them show me a movie like, don't let Ronda do that because oh, she's a, you know, like as a female, she might have something to prove. No, no. But we interviewed her and she was so sweet. Yeah. And so much fun to talk. I'm like, yeah. fuck it. She's, uh, she's really nice. Yeah. And she was gentle. She was very nice. She was gentle with it you. It felt kind of sexy to have her because you know I knew she wasn't trying to hurt me to yeah. have her wrapped up like that it was, yeah. like, it was something intimate about it yeah. but then as soon as the arm got twisted I'm like oh there goes that coming from a guy that used to date a dominatrix yeah that, that's a fair <laughs> point I'm not a good I don't know I mean you're like it, it you're not wrong <laughs> I mean that's fucking great yeah no Ronda's Ronda's uh Ronda's tough as hell, and I, man, I would love for her to come back. Look at her laying me. We, oh, Matt I'm, and I I'm are watching it. She's got her arm, oh. her legs over my body. I'm on my back. Look at this. And uh, now, 
Well, is she going to show how to break the grip? Uh, she, told me, she told me to hold my arms together. Oh, look how she... Look she goes this. under. This is interesting. This is nice, actually, because what she does is to break that grip, she almost... She brings it over your shoulder and head. So instead of trying to yeah. just pull straight back, it pulls on your shoulder instead of breaking the grip. You follow me? Yep. So instead... Oh, look at you just reliving this. It was, And she showed me the... Uh, Oh, look at my hairdo. Oh, yeah, nice hair, awful Jimmy. hair. Nice hair, Jimmy. It looks like she just at at attacked one of those fucking pussy willows that you blow. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's actually perfect. Oh, my hair sucks. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna how long did you, what, what finally made you just shave it all off? I'm close. You know what it is? I used to go every week and get a um, a, a money fade, I used to call it. What's that? Used, well, that's a fade. And a money fades, like, you know, from obviously swingers. It's like a money shop, but it's from yeah. a barber. Yeah. Okay. I used to always say money. I mean, this is money. That's money. I think I got it from swingers. From uh, swingers? Huh. Yeah, with Vince Vaughn. But anyway, uh, I used to go every week, get my fade with Dex the Barber over at the Bellinger's Barber's Lounge. And uh, and I liked it, you know? I like my barber, Dex. He's a good dude. We hang out, bullshit. And... But now, you know, then it got to the point where my... It, like you see like back here my hairline not in the middle but yes. in the back that got back further oh yeah so it would be like a little patch and i'm like you know what i started buzzing it and oh god does this feel this feels good you like it oh i love it i fucking love I'm it i'm close buddy huh? me i was rogan you dana i'm i'm it, close it feels good because like it, it just everything feels tight like i feel tight like a tiger I won't feel like I that. Feel I'll like, feel sick. I'll feel sickly. <laughs> like, oh, look at the little cancer boy. Yeah. I'm only kidding. That's You're right, dude. You're right. I'll feel no. sickly. See, I, I don't know. How do I look? You look, you look right like a fighter. You look, you look, you look a I feel short. like a fighter. A little, why do you have this little short? Why little, do you always, little, call me short, Jimmy? Because you're a fire plug. It's, I am I'm saying plug. that like you're, you're a wide yeah, guy. No, I'm stocky. a stocky fellow. What are you, 5'7"? Yeah, 5'6". Who's counting? All right, whatever. I'm not much taller. You know, wait till I start. You're trying to squeeze an inch on me somewhere, Paul. No, I I, I used to say five six and a half, but then that got pathetic. That got pathetic. I know point five. Almost. So you? Oh, you're almost five seven. Uh, My wife never wears high heels, by the way. There's guys that like to walk around with that giant chick. You know what I mean? I'm one of those guys. You are like that. You give me a 5'11 monolith. Oh, I'm not talking about like spit on me. I'm not talking about a little roll in the hay. Roll in the hay. I'm talking about walking around. Put on heels and dwarf me. I want to eat your pussy standing up. Oh, Is that Jesus. too dirty? Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. That's fucking great. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> that's, that's fucking perfect. Unfiltered. They better not cut that uh, They better leave that the fucking. I'm just, no. Here's a toast to me with a cup of joe. Yes. I'm going to break into mine. I'm telling you, I do feel better than when I walked in. It just, always helps, man. It's I just don't verbal. Know, I don't know what I'm going home to. It's just, I got to just, it's just, I, I got to weather it. Hopefully I have some makeup sex tonight. I'm praying. See, you guys were Because I'm pent up too. Because this is like, now this is exactly what well, she got off the period. And now I, I'm a week without getting fucking laid. Wow. And yeah, man, fuck. And I, and I haven't been whacking off because I'm on the, I'm saving it for her. Oh, good. good so I'm fucking. I would like that. You know why? Because then I'll release it, and then when we do it, it'll be. Eh, you know, I want to fucking. I, I'm not listen. I like to have a good time, man. I like to have a good time with my wife, and and we're we're in the middle of a, a brawl right now, and it's bumming me out, man. It's fucking. I don't like negativity in my life at all. So wherever it comes from, you know, you got to cut it out. But this is. I'm not talking about end my marriage. I'm just saying. 
I don't fucking Jimmy. I don't want to walk in like this every day. Why? Yeah, and of course not. You don't want to be tense every day. But I have. You know, look, I'm not married. I have my stuff for my career that frustrates yeah. me. You got married. It's always something. There's, it there's is never, always something. There's never in gonna life. not. Yeah. You know, what frustrates you, Chris? Yeah, Chris. Well, the working with you guys now. Yes. <laughs> you know we what? Can, I we can remedy you. that, you cocksucker. <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> hey, Dana, this guy don't like his job. Um, well, Chris is like, I take that back. I take it back. I'm, I can be a little. No, difficult. Get it, I, I understand. I can't. I can't. I can't be. I, but I want the podcast to be good. You can I be one now. A little difficult, but I want us to no, get good guests, and no. I want it to be a good show. I, I don't want to just get paid for it. Like, uh, I really want it to be great. Well, I just listen. I want to. I want to continue. Just keep getting paid for it, and I want to have a good time. I'm having a good time. It's the most important thing. We don't have anybody in here today. Besides fucking Chris, the producer, and Chris Hansen eventually. And Chris Hansen's going to be in here. What am I saying? That guy is late. Oh, we'll give him a few minutes. He's late, huh? What if it's one of those fucking pervs that needed a, you know, would he be late for that? I don't know. You know, they're not late. Do we hear from him? They're right on time. I haven't heard anything. That guy, that guy should be training some jujitsu or something. I'm going to ask him. How close now? When they when he does these interviews, when he gets these pervs, uh, the guy they walk in these. I should these pedophiles and whatever or, or almost well, pedos yeah, yeah almost pedos when they come in how where how close is the security where i know the guys are outside they got to be in there they got to be in a closet these there's got to be cops all over that place because he oh, comes god yeah, he yeah. comes in there confident as a motherfucker just yeah, put down the cookies put down that cookie <laughs> that poor guy's all happy I, I eat like, the cookie dummy you're going to prison Enjoy i like that i like i like what uh anthony kumia had him on once and they did uh-huh. like a reenactment you remember that funny, yes that was funny and i think they did it at anthony's house and then he make like he's eating the cookies and fucking. He's, <laughs> I thought that was great. Did you, I just said, Chris, are you winking at me? Because it's creepy. No, he's uh, here. There's, there's a window behind you. Oh, right? is he here? He, yeah, I was just told he's, he's about to come. Oh, through. okay. Great. Oh, look at this. Hey, hey, really nice to meet you. Hi, Chris Hansen. We're on the air. Yeah, Chris. Good to see you. Start running. Come down. on. Yeah, let's do hey. this. No, we started a bit before. Nice to see you. Good to be seen. I. I <laughs> By us, <laughs> so that's the first time you got that in a while, right? Hey, exactly. It's good to see you. Unless it's in a k- kitchen in Kentucky or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is this mic on, Chris? Yeah, it's good. Okay, make sure good, that. We were just talking about. Uh, do you ever do you ever have any, any uh, near misses where you're like, oh god, this is going to be a problem? Like I'm in some kind of imminent danger. There have been a couple times where I've come face to face with a guy, you know, and you see his muscles tense up, and he's, you know, obviously better built than I am. I thought, well, this could go a couple different ways, you know, one of them not good. I was just asking Jimmy, uh, that when you, when these, these potential pedos, I don't know what you would call them, I guess, you know, they, they, when they walk in the house, now how close is the, the police? I mean, I know they're outside because you come out confident as a mofo in there and you're like, <laughs> hey, you know, put, like Jimmy was saying, put down those cookies and you're, and you right away, you, you get into them. I mean, are you just that confident? Or do you have a black belt in something? Or is the guys right around that well, can we jump have, in? Well, we have security inside yes. the house. So there's a guy, Ronnie Knight, who is only job is to keep an eye on me and protect me. And then we oh, have other good. security for the rest of the crew. So I think we make it absolutely as safe as it could be for what we're doing. And uh, you, this is not the only thing. You know, I'm looking at your bio. You've covered uh, Columbine, uh, Oklahoma City bombings, the oh. Unabomber. Flight 800. Uh, what was the Unabomber like covering? I mean, just to take one random thing. Were you doing that before the case or or after they caught Kaczynski? You know, it was interesting because back when I was a reporter in Detroit in about 1986, um, there was a bomb sent to a University of Michigan professor. And I was a reporter at Channel 7 Action News back in those days. And I talked to a law enforcement source and said, you know, this thing is linked to 
this guy we call the Unabomber. So I think I was one of the first reporters actually in America to, to say, okay, these bombings are linked and this is what they're calling the guy. And of course this went on you know, for 17 years. And so by the time they arrested Kaczynski, you know, I was already at NBC News. Isn't it weird too how his own, his own words, like if he had just not been so cocky and needing attention, I mean, they never would have got caught. I mean, in the middle of the woods. Well, his brother was the one who read the manifesto and said, most people say you can't have your cake and eat it too, but the actual proper wording is you can't eat your cake and have it too. And he knew his brother was a stickler <laughs> for that particular phrase. And that was one of the things in the manifesto that made his brother say, wait a minute, I think this is, wow. this is Ted. Wow, his brother being, an, an, Ted being an OCD ass <laughs> in the yeah. woods. Yeah, and they'd already pieced the bombs together. See, every bomb, whether it's this one or whether the, one of the bombs that went off in, in New York City this week, they're like fingerprints because each bomb maker, whether you're an amateur like these guys were this week or somebody who studied it more like Kaczynski, they have a way of doing everything. And so each nail, each clip, each wire, each battery has to be purchased from someplace and probably has a fingerprint on it even though it's been in the middle of an explosion. Oh, so they can still lift prints off some of that Many stuff. times they can, yeah. Wow. And I saw a great Epics documentary, too. Uh, flight 800, I still remember that. Um, you know, the flight to Paris that blew up over uh, Long Island. And I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm not a conspiracy guy with 9-11 or even with, mostly with JFK at all. But then I saw an Epics documentary, which now seems to be where they were saying that it made a case of a lot of people saw it looked like something going up. Was that some kind of an illusion or a trick? I think it was an illusion. I think people sometimes see what they want to see. And I'm still convinced, based upon my reporting on it, that it was a, a short in a wire in a scavenger pump, you know, which pumps fuel from one tank to another to even the, the, the load on a plane. And so uh, many fumes had built up in that particular tank that that short set it off. Yeah, Just they, an unfortunate thing. And the heat was a problem, too, because the, the plane apparently had sat on the runway for quite some time on a hot... With summer. the air conditioning, yes. and using air conditioning. Exactly. Wasn't it weird? Didn't they say a lot of people died drowning, too? Like, it was the cause of death was actually drowning, or or, or you think the impact? Based upon where it was, I don't think that many people survived the explosion. And, you know, it's, is it possible? I'm not a medical examiner. I suppose it is. But it seems when you have that sort of a catastrophic breakup of an aircraft, you know, you're not going to be... Alive or conscious, by the oh, time yeah, that pretty much was an asshole question. I just asked, how many of them died of old age? Really, I'm stupid. So the, uh, I heard the ne- a lot of the necks were broken anyway, so it was probably pretty, right, pretty fast. Quick, yeah. So when you cover stuff like this, how do you detach yourself from, you know, like okay, I have to feel this is a because pr- I'm such a blubbering fruit. I was on the air the other day, and we were watching Julia Louise Dreyfus cry, dedicating that award to her father, and she was shaking, and I like I missed the eye. I'm like, I, how do you prevent yourself from oh, getting I, so I, humanly I get involved? That way. I get that way sometimes. I mean, listen, for for these shows, we interview victims of crimes for Crime Watch Daily or for you know, uh, Killer Instinct on ID, and and. And it does get to you, and I find myself, you know, misty-eyed in some of these things. But generally speaking, I mean, it was funny. A um, uh, reporter for the Variety um, one time asked me, you know, do you ever? How do you deal with this? Do you go to therapy or anything? I said, I don't want to explore what's on there. It's all kept off. It's all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to dig too deeply there. You know, the uh, the show to catch a predator. You know, you help put three hundred predators behind bars. Now, when you got into your this job. Like, did you ever think you'd be doing such like a public service like that? Like you're like you you're helping out the. When we did the first investigation, I figure figured we'd you know do one or two, and that was it. And we would have done our job, and nobody would have showed up after that. I'd be like the you know the Maytag repairman, you know, taking right. a nap on the kitchen counter. But you, you know, three hundred guys later, and now we're doing it again with Hanson versus Predator. 
on Crime Watch Daily. So we did a recent investigation in Fairfield, Connecticut, and once again, in three and a half days, and one of the segments was on just yesterday, one will be on next week, 11 guys surfaced in our investigation, ranging from a Boston insurance executive to a guy who was on the list to become a police officer in a Connecticut community, to a guy I had met on the commuter train between Connecticut and New York, who was there for a 13-year-old boy. You know, it's really, it's really bizarre that, uh, w- what ended that for, because that was such an amazing show. I thought, I thought like America's Most Wanted, it did a public service, these, these scumbags. You're getting them off the street, and uh, it wasn't it that one guy committed suicide, someone in Dallas, and there's a lawsuit, or no? You're right. There was somebody who committed suicide. It had nothing to do with the program ending. Oh, okay. what, what happened was uh, we were doing a, an investigation in Murphy, Texas, outside of Dallas, and one of the guys who surfaced in that investigation was an assistant district attorney in a neighboring county. Um, he did not show up, so he was likely unaware that Dateline was even involved. And so the police, because in Texas, the act of solicitation online constitutes the crime, they went to go arrest him. And as they walked in his house, he committed suicide. Now, it turns out later that he had multiple images of child pornography on his computer that he was trying to get rid of by removing the hard drive. As an ADA, he knew that he'd be facing potentially 10 years in prison for each of those seven images. Wow, okay. So that had, that's what that was about. And we went on and did several more investigations after that. I think, honestly, what happened was, at that point, I think NBC decided it, is, it had taken its course. And I think they also realized that they could make just as much money showing reruns and recuts and expanded versions on MSNBC as they could shooting what became an expensive show. Like, why would they, like, you know... Why would there be any to a guy who's collecting child porn or who's going to engage in doing that? Like, why would they be concerned with how that? It's but that was a bizarre decision. That was such a popular show, and it, people talked about it and they parodied it, and you know. But it was well, like that's, really that's why we're doing it again with Hanson versus Predator, and um, you know we're going to continue. I mean, imagine that when we first started in two thousand four, we merely used decoys in chat rooms on AOL and Yahoo. Well, today, the entire landscape has changed. You've got all these different social platforms where kids communicate with each other. Right. And potential predators know that and can approach them on those on those platforms. And, and, and they're endless. I mean, it's hard just to keep up with them. But was it, I heard that someone had, had uh, one of the guys that was arrested said, oh no, it was just fantasy and I knew it was fantasy. And he got acquitted because it technically wasn't real. Is it now? Is that have they closed up that loophole? There is only one case that I'm aware of, and I don't think that's it. Where a guy uh, had the charges dismissed, uh, as you said, 300 guys surfaced in the investigations. From the point after the second investigation, where police and prosecutors had a parallel investigation, virtually everybody who was charged was convicted by a judge or jury or pleaded guilty, or no contest. In the most recent investigation, where 11 guys surfaced, eight have already pleaded guilty and are getting ready to do prison time. Oh, they are actually going to prison. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How I good mean, does it feel for you to, to be doing this? Well, I think it's a, I don't take any glee in it. I mean, I know sometimes you know there are moments that could be construed as almost humorous or sad. Uh, you may feel sorry for some of these guys at, at some point, but at the end of the day, when you have a guy walk into the house who's an Iraq war veteran who works for a cable company who's in your house, who's on the list to become a police officer, and he cops out to everything to me, then cries to the police, and they go into his trunk, and he was there for a 13-year-old girl, and they find a loaded gun, a knife, duct tape, and a camera. What do you think would happen if there was a real girl in there? Right. How was that ride going to go? He wanted to give her driving lessons in a parking lot. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Well, that, and that's what I'm. Well, that's what I'm saying. So that's that's where the real danger is. So you know, I, again, I, I don't get any glee from this, but it's 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 created an awareness and a discussion that I don't think existed before. Is there entertainment value to it? Of course, I'm not gonna. You no, know, when I say good, I don't mean entertainment. I mean like that you're literally getting people who are who are doing something really shitty off the street. But we try to do that with everything, you know, whether it's, you know, financial scammers. You know, I always tell people, I said, I've won eight Emmys, and none of them were for Predator, you yeah. know. I mean, you know, it, of course, it's a bit of a controversial show. How many seasons was Catch, to catch a Predator? We went from 04 oh. to late 08, early 09. Oh, wow. But then it, you know, it ran up until a year and a half ago, and it reruns and recuts. And, 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 and how much different... Is your new show going to be? It's the well, same premise. It's it's basically the same premise. Premise. We're looking for you know predators looking to you know solicit kids online for sex. But the technology is better. We have to be more hip to where these people are. I think we've got some really good online decoys working. And in um, in our technology, in terms of cameras and things, it obviously is a lot better. better. But it's going to be them walking into a place with meeting you there. You can watch it next week. It's, oh it's shoot! Gonna, so this is going to be a reoccurring segment initially on Crime Watch Daily, which is on Monday through Friday in 208 Market. Oh, Hanson vs. Predator is a segment on Crime Watch Daily. And Crime yes. Watch Daily covers what? Just general, the crime in the States? It, or? it covers crime in the United States, overseas. We do investigations. There's hidden camera work. I mean, we do it all. I mean, we're, you know, from the recent bombings to, you know, the sad, tragic case of uh, Karina Vitrano, the Queens jogger who was oh, killed. Man. And we're, we're, you know, That's we, horrible. Well, we, you know, we had an exclusive, extensive interview with the parents, which was heartbreaking. We had an exclusive interview with the chief of detectives, and we had that video of her last minutes yeah. jogging off. And, you, you, you know, you hope that by airing that stuff, it can help shake something loose. And clearly, they don't have a lot of leads in this case. Otherwise, they, you know, they don't give you such access, obviously. I mean, they, the police do it for a reason as well. Do you think it's... Because it's hard to shake it loose if it's just like a vagrant who knows... You know, who never told... People probably don't go and tell people they just did that. So it, it might literally just be one guy who knows he did it. It's a really sad case, and uh, they don't seem to have anything to go on. Well, the police went door to door in that section of Queens, Hard Beach, and many people there. I mean, it's a, it's a well-to-do section in nice homes, and most of the people have surveillance cameras, and they collected every yeah, right? single video, and they spent hundreds of hours <clears throat> going through those videos, and not one person was seen coming out of that park from that side. They have a sketch of a guy that we put on the show leaving the other side of the park on the north side. And they don't know whether it's a witness, a potential suspect, a person of interest. They don't know what it is, but they're trying to figure out who this guy is. But they're, they're really stumped. I mean, obviously, Karina had a, a fairly big you know, footprint on social media. She wrote a lot. She posted a lot. Oh, okay. She had a blog. And, and so maybe my thought was in the beginning that there was some kind of a stalker situation going on there. And, and the person figured out that she went running there every day and yeah. w waited until there one day she didn't go with her father. But, you know, according to Robert Boyce, who's the chief of detectives, who's a sharp, sharp guy, they have no evidence that that occurred. I mean, they're still going through her computer, but the, the, there's nothing obvious to who this suspect is. Wow. And, th and there was another way into the park, but there's no surveillance cameras on the other side? That's correct. So there was one witness who saw a guy come out. It was kind of odd because obviously it was summer. He had a knit cap on. And, you know, th that sketch has been out there. So, I mean, does he know anything? Again, who is this guy? We don't know yet. He may have just been a witness, yeah. Could have been. Wow, it's terrible. Yeah, I feel really bad for that family. I, I, haven't, uh, I haven't seen the interview, but I did hear he talk to somebody. I just didn't realize it was, it was you. Well, that's got to also another thing that's got to feel at least not if not good then satisfying that at least you're helping this family, you know. Well, um, you try to, you know. I I, I talk to you know Phil every couple of days and check in and 
you know, I approach this stuff as a parent. You know, I've got two sons or 24 and 22. And, you know, you, you want to think that by that age, they're out of the danger phase. But right. I mean, here's this 30-year-old woman who was victimized in a most brutal and ugly way. And I feel bad for the, like, always feel bad for the dad, but he used to jog sure. with her, but he was recouping from an injury or well, something. Well, he had a bad back that day. Yeah. I mean, you know, but, but people really care about this case nationwide. There was a case in Boston where a jogger was killed unrelated to this. They looked at it for a minute because there were some similarities that the DNA didn't match up. There's a case in Michigan where a nurse was jogging, shot in the back. I mean, now all of a sudden, shot there are all back. these female... <laughs> jogging cases where there was violence involved. And did you cover Columbine from there or just from the newsroom or did you actually from, know? From the newsroom because at that point, you know, the way it happened in that part of the day, it was just all hands on deck and get the material fed in and put it all together. Let me ask you to the media because we, I've, I've talked to Piers Morgan about this, where the, the there's a weird thing with the media where they, like the man, Ted uh, Kaczynski's uh, manifesto was good to put because they were trying to catch him. Right. But it's changed, and they, they publish manifestos and do all this stuff, but it seems like it's for the, ooh, look at this, the Joker's lair. There's become a different motive in the press, and I feel like in a lot of ways they're contributing to what these guys want. Like, they don't show a guy running across the field in a baseball game because it inspires copycats, but they don't mind printing the manifesto of a guy, um, and they know it's going to inspire Well, these, these decisions are not taken lightly in newsrooms. I mean, we have these discussions all the time, and, and the New York Times did, and the Washington Post did. I mean, you know, where is social responsibility? I mean, I was criticized by, you know, old-time journalists at the Pointer Institute for working so closely with police and prosecutors in the, in the predator stings. But after the first two where we did it just on our own, it became unsatisfying to the viewer to watch these guys walk off and potentially be prosecuted later, maybe, maybe not. But it became socially irresponsible for me to not come to some working agreement where police and prosecutors had a parallel investigation. And, and you know, if, if some 72-year-old former Houston Chronicle reporter with hair growing out of his nose and his glasses down to the end of his nose wants to criticize me for that, so be it. I mean, I, you know, the one thing I'll tell you about everything that we've done whether it's Predator or any other investigation, we've been absolutely transparent about our methodology. And as long as you tell people exactly what you're doing, then you're, you know, I think you're good to go. What do you think, do you think there's anything the press should do differently? Because you said the articles have been written with stuff like, especially lone gunmen. Uh, I mean, look, you, you know, again, guys like the Joker or these other guys who are shooting people, this disgruntled people, they're getting like Dylan Roof, printing the thoughts of these animals who go out and just kill people for no reason. Do you think the press has done a good job with that? I think generally, yes. What we try to do in our crime stories is is if you can get into the mind of, of a criminal, a killer, or anybody else, and you can emote you know, the feelings of a victim or a, a victim's relatives, you can better understand how the criminal mind works and potentially prevent somebody else from becoming a victim. I mean, it's really that simple. I mean, you know, people can say, people have the choice not to read it or listen sure. to it or watch it. That's true. I mean, there's a reason why shows like Crime Watch Daily do so well and, and Killer Instinct on ID do so well, because people are truly interested. And what we do is we take them uh, on a journey of discovery, if you will. They see things they wouldn't normally see and hear things they wouldn't normally hear, and that, that's fascinating. You know, I do all the work, so you don't have to, you know? Play, a, oh, sorry, one more question, but I apologize. But I'm, I'm playing devil's or advocate. Or my producers do, too. <laughs> but there, there are times when the press shows restraint. Like when there's a reporter kidnapped overseas, a lot of times they won't talk about it because it puts that reporter in danger and then uh you know th they're they're looking at kind of protecting that reporter overseas which is great but it seems like there they care about the greater good 
but in other cases, like you're saying they take you into the mind of a killer, but isn't that more for titillation than anything else? Well, I think that's it's very interesting for people, uh, but I also think it's educational. I mean, it's it's what you know behavior analysts do all the time, and why isn't that good for the viewer to see? Uh, you know, yes, is there some voyeuristic value to it? I suppose absolutely, but at, overall, I think it's it's healthy, and you, when you get this kind of information and these details out there, and maintain a level of respect. I mean, when I sat down with, you know, Phil and Kathy Vitrano, I mean, you you can't disrespect these people. These people lost their daughter, yeah, their that, beloved daughter. That's very different. Yeah, I and agree. so you you have to you have to handle these things almost like an anesthesiologist. I mean, you hover sure. these people, and and, and you, you can't take advantage of them. It's just morally wrong. You're talking to the victims of that of a horrible crime like that is one is totally different because that does what happens is a lot of these killers have said they're motivated by the attention. And they want the attention. They want yeah. their words to be heard. They're little broken nobodies. So by, by talking to the victim's family, you're not in any way giving a murderer something he wants. But by, by printing a manifesto, other than the Kaczynski case, they are giving the murderer exactly. something he wants. Well, I, I, th I think, you know, you bring up a legitimate point. But I think overall, the more we learn, the more people see what these guys have to say, the better chance we have on catching them and bringing them to justice. Okay. And I think, I think, in my mind, you know, I've been at this for 34 years. I'm not saying I know more about it than you do. You guys see all this stuff every day. But I think the value of that outweighs the negative part of it. Okay. No, I didn't mean to interrupt you and ask a question. No, I was, no all I was going to say is that it's, it's a, that's why the show is so popular because people want to see what, who these people are. Like, you know, we, they, we see the guy walk in and he's expecting to find a, a girl or a boy or whatever it is and then Chris walks in their initial, their, their initial shock but that doesn't get, it never got old because never. it's always a different type of person. It's not just one type of guy. It's guys like, oh my goodness. It's well, people always ask me, you know, what do these guys have in common? And I said, well, you know, very, uh, granted, some creepy looking characters have walked yes. into these investigations, unquestionably. But the reality is they don't have the word predator tattooed across their forehead. Right. And it could be the guy standing next to you on the commuter train, the subway, the dry cleaners, or, or anywhere else. And, and literally, I'm telling you the truth. This particular segment hasn't aired yet, but this guy comes in in this latest investigation, Fairfield, Connecticut, and I'm looking at the screen. I said, this guy looks kind of familiar. And I walk out, and he looks at me and says, Chris, no, Chris, no, it's not what it appears. And the crew thinks, he just knows me from TV, but it was a guy I had met on the train. I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. He wasn't a friend, but he lived in Fairfield and drove a mile from his house to our sting house to meet a 13-year-old boy with condoms and porn and drugs and things to, to have sex with. It's amazing. And by the way, where can people see this? Um, this, is, this seems really great. So it, Crime Watch Daily is syndicated across the country. Here in New York, it's on PIX11 okay. every day at 1 p.m. So you can Google it and then put your town in or whatever. That's the beauty of Google and the internet. And you can find Crime Watch Daily. Yeah. So in other words, Chicago, it's WGN. LA, it's KTLA. Boston's WBZ. It's a syndicated show. I, I think you do a great public service. And uh, what was your first Emmy? The first Emmy was actually for breaking news. It was a fire at a Chicago apartment complex where we had some great interviews with firefighters and, and literally a young girl jumped out of a window several stories up and we had exclusive video of the firefighter actually catching her like this as he hung from the Wow. Line. And 
it was just, you know, it was for breaking news. It just, we happened to be there at the right time, get the right stuff. And, and I'll never forget that morning as an aside, you know, you always forget about these crazy things that happened during the gathering of the story. But I was on a 6 a.m. flight from LaGuardia to O'Hare in January, cold as all get out. And we hit clear air turbulence and that plane dropped about 2,000 feet. And I thought, this is it. I'm never oh, going to wow. get to Chicago. And fortunately, it's not happened. <laughs> but yeah, we got there and got the story done. And, and uh, sure enough, that was first Emmy. I've never hit a tremendous pocket of clear air trip. I've hit like little, little drop. But I've hit that once in a while you have one of those where you I just plummet. Well, you know, it, it, they've gotten so much better. This is 95 probably, I think, when, when, when 95, 96. And I think since then, they've become so much better at, you know, predicting this ahead of time. And how long was that drop? You said it was... Well, it felt like forever. Yeah, I mean, how it was everybody screaming? Screaming. I was I was in between two large Tunisian diplomats way back in the plane. It was a last-minute ticket. And carts are toppling oh, over and flight tents pouring the coffee out into the aisleway so the carpet would soak it up so it wouldn't spill on, on people. Oh, wow. And, and the pilot kept trying to get on and say, we're fine, don't worry about it, we're all good, it's just clear turbulence, and then it happened again. And so you, he's got a... You know, fly He's the plane. Gonna, yeah. it, it, it Were you fun. going just you? But you weren't dropping like plummeting. You no, 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 no. It was. I mean, in, in, I'm sure in my mind it seemed you know like it went up for five minutes. It was probably ten seconds and yeah. twenty seconds. Each, but it, uh, it's one of those flying experiences you don't forget. How many Emmys have you been nominated for that you didn't win? I've won eight, and I suppose probably nominated. I'm guessing ballpark ten, fifteen. Oh, okay. I was wondering. Do you remember uh, any of the stories that you lost to? Well, you know, it was interesting. A couple times I lost to myself. We were nominated for the first predator investigation, and we won for a, an investigation we did in Cambodia about human sex trafficking. We oh, you know, underage right, sex right, trafficking. Right. Where we went undercover in these brothels with a NGO uh, called the International Justice Mission, and we they rescued thirty seven girls and it was gripping wow. the video inside. I mean, five and six year old girls being trafficked. You oh know, my god! To Americans and Western Europeans. So, I mean that. Yeah, I didn't feel too bad because I lost to myself. I had double sure. nomination that year. But, um, you know, I've had some really, really good stories that just don't get nominated or they don't uh, win. And, and it's it's hard to tell, you know. Uh, it depends who's judging. I mean, I'm, I'm blessed with eight, and, you know, hopefully we'll get eight more before it's done. Have you developed a, a real – because you seem very even-keeled. You're an even-keeled guy, and you seem like a fair thinker. Have you developed a hatred of these? Because these sex predators are worse to me than anything. I mean, they're just such well, I, I, fucking I think, creeps. I think you, you, obviously, you know the deal because I've read the transcript, you know, before the guy even gets there. And you know what's going to happen if there's a real kid there. So, yeah, you're on the edge. But at the same time, if you take this hard-ass attitude about it, the guy's not going to talk to you. I mean, anybody can jump out of the bushes and the guy runs off and you get uh, 10 seconds of dramatic video. The art of this, the skill of this, is getting the guy to sit down, whether it's that guy or any other guy who's committed any other crime, and to talk to you and to get in their head. And I think it's, in a weird way, I don't want to say that I respect these guys who would rape a child, but I am intellectually curious as to what was going on in their mind and brought them there. And I think they some sense that, and they'll sit. Some don't know whether I'm a cop or the parent and don't know that they can leave. Yeah. And one or two run. You're amazing. This is what was amazing about Chris. You you have this air of authority about you, which is really interesting. You're like, <laughs> sit there. 
What, sir? Sit there. You can have your cookie. And they just do like, oh, the, there's supposed to be a kid here. There's a man. He must know something. You know. I mean, they <laughs> well, ever, imagine they, being one of my kids and doing something wrong in high school and having to, you know, withstand <laughs> the withering uh, interrogation of uh, Chris Hansen in the kitchen. You know. Do you ever believe them? Is there? I mean, because you've read the transcript, but is there ever one where you go, this guy just went wrong once? I think they're first-time guys, uh, you know, especially sometimes the 20-somethings, the early 20-somethings who are socially inept, who wouldn't normally be doing this kind of thing without the internet, and they, they sort of get these fantasies, and they figure, well, she's 14, and in two years she'll be legal, and yeah. I'll make her my girlfriend, and it'll, it'll all work out. But most guys know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, I, I think you're awesome. I, I love I, I was bummed they canceled that show, but I'm really happy. Oh, this is great. I mean, Crime Watch Daily is, is such a cool show. And again, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, yesterday, you know, we, we shoot the intros and the tags, what we call the raps for the show in, on Broadway. You know, so we're out there in the middle of that. So you can imagine what a zoo that is, especially yeah. with the UN going this week and bombs going off in the city and everything else. And then, you know, you have to do the interviews and travel to shoot the stories that I do. There's other, there are correspondents, too, but right. I do some of the stories. And then, you know, take off to Boston to give a lecture at Boston College and fly back and do an interview for a radio station in L.A. I mean, they're long, they're long days. Yeah. But, but it's a cool show. It's a great show. And, and you know, we'll get it down to a system. But, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work starting it. But it's, it feels good. And I'm working with great people from Warner Brothers Telepictures and Tribune. So. Who's your journalist hero? Tom Brokaw. He is. He's right on top. Yeah. Tom Brokaw was one of my rabbis and mentors when I first came to NBC. He and Katie Couric anchored a news magazine called uh, Now with Tom Brokaw and Katie Couric. And I was one of the fa- five uh, correspondents for that show in 1993, believe it or not. Why do you think people trust? Like, you know, years ago we had Walter Cronkite when we were kids. And then Brokaw was trusted and Peter Jennings and, and Dan Rather. But it seems like now, and in some cases it's justified, people have become much more c- cynical of the news. Is it the fact that there's 24-hour news channels? Well, I think that's part of it. I mean, you know, when I was growing up, it was Huntley Brinkley, Walter Cronkite, and, um, and uh, you know, Howard, Howard K. Smith. Yeah, Ron Burgundy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, 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 you know, and, and we had, you know, I grew up in Detroit, and so, you know, the local news was very important there, and the anchors were big personalities. And, you know, outside of L.A., New York, and Chicago, they were the first guys to make, you know, a million dollars a year. And, and it was an aggressive news town with a lot to report. So that, you know, when I was 14, Jimmy Hoffa was kidnapped a mile and a half from my home. I used to ride my bike up there to look at the cops and the FBI agents and the correspondents oh, wow. and reporters. There. And that's how I kind of got bit by the bug sure. early on, you know. And well, that's interesting. When I went off to school... Um, uh, um, you know, I just signed up for the radio station the first day at Michigan State University, and that was it, you know. You got bitten, and you yeah, made a great out. career out of it. Well, it's, it's, it's been good. Now, the funny thing is, now my sons, my oldest son is an assistant cameraman and associate producer on, on the shows, some of the shows, and then my youngest just started in a small market as an on-air reporter in Michigan. So, Oh, uh, good. So they're yeah. following in the family footsteps. He had, his, he had his first double homicide last week. It was a big day for the Hanson family. Yeah, the Hanson <laughs> family, they celebrate odd things. Double homicide, yeah. Dad. Come here, give me it's a different, hug. Yeah. Good yeah. move. Out of boy. <laughs> Oh, man. So I guess uh, we should give the proper plug as we yes. wrap up. Um, Crime Watch Daily with Chris Hansen. Again, a great public service. And Hansen vs. Predator is one of the segments on that show. And uh, it's in uh, how many? 200? Uh, 208 200, markets, 208 markets. Across the country. It's in New York, L.A., Chicago, all the major markets. And if you're not sure, just Google it. That's the beauty of 2016. You can go to uh, crimewatchdaily.com. Oh, even easier. Do that. Yep. 
check it out. And uh, man, I'm so happy to talk to well, you. Well, thanks for having me. It's good to see you again. And, and uh, you know, anytime, I, I always enjoy it. Yeah, we'd love to have you again. Yeah, I, mean, I can anytime. talk to guys like you all because you know something about every major case that's happened in the last 30 years. So it's fascinating. And that's it for me and Matt. That's it. We're, we, we're out of here. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. My pleasure. And I love watching your shows. Thank I really you. do. Well, well, it means well, a lot to he me. He does a lot for, this, for the community. Absolutely. Keep these creeps off the street. Uh, they look at Jimmy. Jimmy's the only creep I like, but he's not that kind of creep. I'm not that kind of creep. <laughs> no, I like adults. <laughs> I like little short, bald guys. Uh, on that note, <laughs> yeah. bye, everybody. <laughs> this has been a digital media production. Find your voice. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.